This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Sign up using our link and receive a $500 risk-free bet. That's right, 500 bucks. And if you send in your first bet slip, you'll get a free t-shirt. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win for a $500 risk-free bet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N. And we're also brought to you by better than Vegas. Better than Vegas is the home for the avid sports betters, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks better than Vegas. It's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure to subscribe to our page. So you don't miss a pick That's sports gambling podcast.com slash B T V that sports gambling podcast.com slash B T V. And we're also brought to you by better edge. Better edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right. No VIG betting. That's legal in 40 States. Sign up for betteredge.com promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's betteredge.com promo code SGP. And we're also brought to you by Ace Perhead. Ace is a leader in paperhead providers. They make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Welcome back, everybody, to the betting and DFS show for the tournament of champions. Uh, yeah, man, let's go. I'm ready to go. It's Boston Capper uh, with Steve, the god of golf himself, Shermer. Uh, first one of the season. Time to make some money. I am ready. How about you, baby? Oh, I definitely am. I mean, like I mentioned on the preview show, this is one of my favorite tournaments of the year, not just for betting, just for as a fan. I mean, it's a great, great golf course, great tournament, and a great field. And uh, let's make some money off this thing, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's primed. Like it's primed. Like uh, I've been doing the research, listening to some other pods. Uh, there's some guys that I'm kind of pissed off that people are talking about <laughs> that I thought might be a little, a, a little sleeperish. Uh, they're nowhere near sleeperish. Uh, so that kind of blows. So we got to figure out where to differentiate and hopefully you can show you guys where to do that, especially in a short field like this. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm so ready for golf. Yep. So, uh, so what are, what are you looking at this week as far as making your picks? Like, you know, what stats, like what angles, what, what how, how are you coming at this thing? So I don't feel like uh, it, listen, driving distance is fine. It's going to give any, everybody an edge, but these fairways are so wide that driving accuracy. I don't feel like matters that much. There is one guy that I feel like matters with the driving accuracy, um, but really just approach and irons like wedge play, right? I mean, that's it wedge play. Yeah. So I actually went through and because I'm insane. I looked at basically the final round of uh, basically the top five golfers. I think it was like Reed, JT, Xander, Ricky, and I put a bomb bomber in there, a DJ. And I looked for at all the yards on all the par fours, what their approach shot distance was in. And on seven of the 11 par fours, which is really what, where proximity matters. Like if you really want to fine tune, like par fives, everything's over 200 yards, par threes, you know, what the yardage is on seven of the 11 par fours. They were all under 125 yards. They were somewhere between like 60 yards, 70, 80 yards, and then like around like 120, 130. So, you know, thankfully the PJ Tour has stats for between 50 and 125 yards. So what I did was I took 
all of their results from that distance from 2020. And then I took the short season from 2021 so far, made a composite average. And I was able to figure out what, you know, basically who's the best wedge player coming in, you know, at least, you know, you know, for the last year. So okay. that's something I'm going to be using. And then other than that, I mean, I'm probably just looking at mostly uh, long-term stats, a lot of short-term stats, you know, that's more reliable when we get to like July or like, you know, September, but you know, it's been a couple of weeks off. I'm looking more of just who players are in general, you know, what they do well. Um, for me, driving distance, while I think for outrights, I'm probably going to have someone who can at least show some ability to get out there. It's right. not the end all be all for me. Um, as we've seen shorter hitters of one here, longer hitters of one here. And honestly, most guys are going to have at least into the par fours where you can score. They're going to have short irons in the hands. So it's really going to come down to approach play and putting and just, you know, all around, just, you know, putting circles on the scorecard. Yeah. I, and, and that's it too, especially when you talk about DFS, right? Especially with placement points when there's 42 players in the field, like the difference between somebody who's 25th and 12th, it's, it's two birdies, man. Like it's two birdies. You got to find the scores. You know what I mean? You got to find the guys who can string birdies together um, and, and do it that way. And you're right. I mean, it, yeah, dude, wedge, wedge plays where it's at. And I'm, I'm looking at wind too, just because it looks like two days might be pretty windy. So um, try yeah, not but to. You try it, it's to not really it. You know well, what I mean? It, I mean, I mean the wind right now, it's, it's kind of typical Kapalua though, like 10 to 15, like it's not going to blow to like 30, 40. Right. So I, it was looking like that at the beginning of this, the week that Sunday might be hairy, but you know, Thursday, you know, basically every day it's going to be sunny and low eighties, perfect Hawaii weather to make me want to kill myself or living in Rochester, <laughs> New York. Well, that's uh, living in fucking Rochester. It, all right. It, I make fun of Mississippi for their own reasons, right? Rochester, New York. I mean, that's just, you guys are just self-loathing who live there. Just, well, I mean, not it's, anymore. It's, we, we, we got the bills, even though I'm not a bills fan. I just, you know, I was I like, you don't get, no, you don't get to do that. No way. Absolutely not. Let, we're not going to turn this into an NFL <laughs> podcast, but it is, I, I, I'm a nice person yeah. and I have a lot of friends who are bills fans yeah. and I want to see them happy. So of course I will be happy if they win. I, I'm not going to claim this championship for myself. No, don't worry. I got my own problems. Dave Gettleman's coming back. You know, that's, that's, that's my own problem, but uh, you know, we're not going to get an NFL. It's not an NFL podcast, but uh, you know, listen, and, and, Buffalo bills fans. I love Buffalo bills fans. One of my best friends growing up, uh, his name is slosh back in. Uh, he was a bills fan living in Boston. Right. And, and listen, he was, his name was slosh well before he was an alcoholic. Okay. Because his last name was Sloshberg. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, he was a Buffalo bills fan and we swore it was just to spite all of us. Cause it's not like the Pats were good when we were growing up. They were fucking terrible. Um, and he's a bills fan through and through. And I've been, you know, pinging him for about 20 years at this point. And I guess now it's my turn. So good for the bills fans, man. Jumping through yeah, tables on be- fire, whatever, man. How can you, how can you not like those maniacs? No, that's they're, they're, they're good people at heart. So anyway, so the, you know, the rest of the weather report, I mean, it's, it's typical Kapalua weather winds out of the East Northeast, 10 to 15 miles per hour, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, actually on Friday, the winds are going to ship. They're coming out of the West Northwest. And I think that's going to be a really easy scoring day because you know, when the winds out of the West Northwest now on those uphill holes, you actually have the wind at your back. You don't have it in your face and the, you know, all the downhills are so dramatically sloped that wind just doesn't matter. So I, I think these guys are going to rip it up on Friday. So you think it's going to be, I mean, do you think it's going to go as low as like whatever, like mid 20 under, or do you think it's going to be like, still like, like high teens, low twenties? No, I, I think it's going to be like minus 20 minus 21. I mean, the golf course has been softened up since last year, just because just of 
nature and just the sands of time. You know, the reason why it was played so firm is because all the greens were new, all the grass is new. Now that they've had some rounds played, you know, it's it, the greens been kind of beat up a little bit soft, and you know, usually it takes about a year or two to really soften it up. So I don't think we're gonna get to like minus thirty, like what Jordan Spieth did in twenty fifteen. But yeah, I think there's gonna be improvement in scores and just with the wins. I mean, they're manageable. It's not crazy for Capitalu. It definitely could be worse. I, I think the winning score is probably minus twenty, minus twenty one. Okay. All right. Makes sense to me, man. The, uh, I, I think, just think about how crazy what you just said. Jordan Spieth was minus 30 at a golf course at a PGA event. <laughs> how fucking crazy. I know how the mighty has fallen. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Like, oh man, I can't help but root for that guy at this point. Um, all right, man. So I guess let's, uh, I mean, what, what do we want to talk about first? You want to do like uh, who, who, who the chalky chalk is and then kind of go to the TS. Yeah, I think what this a new segment I think we want to do is, you know, I mean, obviously we are not the only golf podcast out there. We are not your only source to get information, but what we can do is we can accumulate what everybody is saying so far. And what, you know, what happens with these podcasts is they all kind of get into a little group think, you know, and like someone hears something and then they say something, they send it. And then all of a sudden like this sleeper pick that these so-called experts want to say are yeah. a sleeper turn to chalky. So so where are people right now as far as what they're thinking? So, and, and let's mostly focus on like the guys under 8,000, you know, everybody over 8,000. I mean, obviously most guys are gonna be popular for various reasons because they're good players, but it's usually the ones that are under 8,000, you know, get down to low sevens and six, where if there's a lot of steam on them, that's usually when it goes wrong. So, you know, some of the guys this week that are getting a lot of buzz, you know, Jason Kokrak is getting a lot of buzz, um, you know, just because of what he did in the fall. People have this idea that he's this, you know, birdie machine, you know, he crushes Bermuda greens. You know, we'll talk about that, you know, a little later, uh, you know, Sebastian Munoz is getting a lot of steam right now, uh, yep. you know, cause he played really good. The masters people want to ignore that. He missed his final two cuts in the fall, but you know, <laughs> that was a long time ago and you know, we'll see, um, you know, Lanto Griffin seems like this stat God and, you know, fancy national or all those databases. So he's getting a lot of buzz. Ryan Palmer's also getting a lot of buzz too. Dude, that's really because I'm so mad about that one. I'm so, I'm so mad about him and, and there's a guy who I know you hate. We'll talk about later who, who wait has way more ownership than I thought he was going to have when I pulled it up tonight. Uh, very irritated about that. But Palmer and Lanto, I mean, it's what 7,000 and 6,900 between the two of them. They're taking up, you know, one's getting 20 and one's getting 22%. Like they're yeah, so, I mean, so chalky. Yeah. Lanto has been mentioned. I think on everything I've heard, well, Palmer's, Palmer's projected at 22, almost 23%. And Lanto's at 20. So Palmer is actually getting put into more lineups. I don't know if it's because people are stretching out all their dollars and using that last hundred, but I mean, mm -hmm. it, it feels like this. I mean, you got to leave some salary on the table, especially right. in, in a GPP, not so much a cash game, but yeah. in, in GPP. Yeah. And then the last guy I've heard his name banner around is camp champ. I, you know, mm -hmm. I think people are following around with the distances and you know, he has played well this tournament before, uh, you know, we'll get to him a little later. <laughs> yeah. So th those are definitely the chalky guys. The chalkiest guy is who you would expect him to be, right? JT, right? I mean, he is at, he is pushing 31% ownership, 31%. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason for it. He's great. Oh, I know. I know. Listen, yeah. listen I'm, I'm with you. And, and it's just like, you know, the drop off between him and DJ, right? DJ's at 21. 
that's almost a 10% ownership drop. And say, and say I think Xander's at 20, right? So you would expect these guys 10 K and above to be close. And technically they, I, I mean, like the other guys are like the other guys are at like 19 and almost 20. So JT is just far and above. Just everybody is like lock buttoning JT. Yeah, it seems like JT and Xander are definitely the guys just because I think everyone saw what happened last year. and They're both great at this golf course. I mean, both of them are getting well over two strokes per round at Kapalua. Both are pretty good. Great, you know, iron players are good with their wedge games, good with putters. I mean, I, I am not surprised at all that those are two popular names. You know, Dustin Johnson, obviously what he did last year, he's still getting some buzz. Yeah. So he's been good. So the two guys then that aren't getting as much steam is John Rahm and Bryson for you know, two different reasons. I think, you know, people are probably still a little bitter from the masters yeah, with Bryson. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that was, that was embarrassing for Bryson. What happened? I mean, with all the, I mean, if you guys all know how <laughs> I basically went to the table for him and I, it was ended in disaster. Um, but what I am noticing, I, I think in DFS, Bryson's not getting much love, but in the betting markets and outrights, I think he's getting the love, you know, people, people are seeing like his 10 to one price and they're like, Oh, well, that's a value. But um, a value you know, from eight to eight to one to ten to one. I, I guess. I mean, yeah. there's no such thing Not as betting. Really. Out, there's no such thing as a value of betting outrights. But that's true. I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. And then you know, everyone's afraid of the equipment change of John Rom right now. That that's what everybody is talking about. And and that's that's interesting. I mean, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it over to you because I know you are one to <laughs> buy into these types of narratives. How do you <laughs> feel about your boy John Rom switching to Cal? So I'm biased, right? And maybe, or maybe not. I did a little research on it. He played Callaway in college. So at least he's familiar with the clubs. Um, so that, that, that made me ease up a little bit. And I think maybe the, I mean, I think maybe the ball might be more important than the fucking clubs themselves. Right. Maybe. I mean, if, you know what I mean? Like, I don't fucking know. Like I don't play Callaway balls. I actually play, I actually play the TP fives. <laughs> You know, whatever the fuck they are, TV five S's. Um, I played with them last weekend. Pretty nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, it's narrative street. You have to be worried about it, right? Because I mean, you think about what pops to my mind is the Nike clubs, man. What a fucking disaster when people switch to Nike Nike clubs. Disaster. Mm-hmm. And well, unless unless you're Tommy Fleetwood, and then when you lose the Nike clubs, then you lose your ability. Yeah, well, uh, Fleetwood. I don't know what happened with him. I don't know. Uh, he sucks. I don't want to talk about Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, the, <laughs> So do you, do you want me to scare you on the club chain? You want me to give you a little, uh, a little horror story for you? Sure. Okay. So around this time, let's turn back the clock. Was it three years? Three years. There was another tailor made guy who was up and coming. You know, he was coming into her championship and he switched Callaway. And that was Andrew Shoffley and Shoffley went to the tournament of champions and he was awful. And he was awful pretty much all the way until the players championship. So, and that was when TPC was still in may. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think you only have one top 10 between the tour champion or the player, the tournament champions and the players when he actually finished second. And then he started to come around after that. So, I mean, listen with this club changed thing, it can go both ways. We've seen an example, like I just said with Xander and go horribly for you for a little bit. We've also seen Justin Rose go to Hama and then say, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, like I, I, I think every case is different. I think this provides an opportunity to maybe if there is some sort of leverage in this yeah. range, I think you can get it because this is what everybody is saying. Just, Oh, the club change can't use them. I, why? 
it, it's, it's not all the same. I mean, do you know how many guys change clubs in the off season? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, honestly, technically everybody changes clubs because they go to a different brand of driver because they put out a new driver every year. Yeah. So I mean, listen, like it's, I, I think that's more of just a way to talk your way out of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I, I think Rom is, I, I think he's gonna be okay this week. You know, I mean, like I'm not as high on him as like, I mean, I'm really high on JC. I'm really high on Xander. Um, I like the price point of Rom. I think in a GPP, I think that's actually a good pivot point because everybody's going so scared of this. Yeah. Um, you know, I, with DJ, I mean, I love the game. I don't love the price point. I don't love the fact that with him, it seems like, you know, is he going to ease into yes, this he does year? Not give a fuck right now. He is still wearing yeah. his green jacket, fucking maybe doing some extracurriculars. Who knows? Dude? You know what I mean? Like this dude is living his best life, like hanging out with his kids, his hot ass wife just won the masters. Like the one he couldn't get, like, I don't know. Like I feel like DJ needs a little time to probably ramp up and, and get going. I, uh, DJ is my fade in the 10 K range, right? DJ and Xander. Actually, I, you said you like Xander. So it's just might be recency bias. I don't care about his WGC and like no cut fields and how good it, like he's still coming off of COVID man. And we saw what happened to Scotty. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I don't trust somebody coming off of COVID basically. I mean, look, uh, uh, like I said, you know, wifey just got her taste back here. Uh, one of my other buddies got it and like in good shape, runs a construction company going up uh, an eight foot ladder uh, and was completely gassed. And like, uh, and yeah, man, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm just worried about Xander coming off of COVID and, and playing four good rounds. I heard that too. I mean, like, it's kind of like the club change though. We've seen some guys, you know, take a long time to come back from COVID. We've seen some right. guys bounce right back. I mean, Harris English got COVID and then he was actually pretty good all after that. Yeah. Tony Finau had COVID. I think it took him a little bit to get back after that, but I think he finished like top 10, like as soon as they came back. So, you know, I mean, it could go either way. The guy I'm fading is Bryson and yeah. this is this is a legitimate golf reason why I'm going to fade him. So everybody's wants to get all caught up with the driving distance and you know how far is he going to hit and everything like that. And you know, that, that's fine and dandy. But the problem is Bryson, his distance advantage is only an advantage on golf courses where he can access certain places on the golf course that no one else can. Can he drive it over that bunker? Can he drive it over that dog leg? And here most everybody, like I said, with, you know, the proximity, you know, yard just in the par fours, they're mostly going to have short irons and wedges. Yeah. And he just isn't that good with that. He loses all the advantage because everyone's going to have short irons. So I, I, I don't think it's going to go well for him here. He's a guy who wants robot golf and Kapalua isn't robot golf. You have wind, you have elevation change, you have side slopes. It's, you know, you gotta do some of the littler things here in order to score well. And that's not really his game. So I, I, of these guys, like Bryson is not somebody I'm going to be on. Yeah. I saw some stupid picture. Uh, I think Rick run good had it on Twitter right before we got on him. Of him like taking like practice shots with like an umbrella in front of it to see what the difference was between the wind and the wind. Like Christ have mercy, man. Like, come on, like stop, like at least do that shit in private. So we're not all like, come on, man. Like, don't do that shit. <laughs> this is why I'm not on social media anymore. So I don't see this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. That's the reason. It's that another reason. reason. That's not because it's a complete fucking cesspool. No offense. Love you, Twitter. Um, the, the, um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, so I, I agree with you on that. Like I'm fa- I, my, my, those are my fades is, is DJ and, and, uh, and Xander. So I guess I'm against you on Xander. So yours is Bryson and DJ. Yeah. I mean, I think DJ is going to do well, but the, the price point, I, as far oh, as my yeah, lineup you- bill, it's, 
I'm not getting there with him. Right. He's six to one. Like even like his top five, top 10 odds aren't that good. Like I'm just, I'm not going to be playing him. I'm not going to be fading him and like betting it all. It just, I'm just, I'm just not, not playing, playing him. Yeah, no, Bryson's the only true fade. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm still, I, I'm fading DJ in, in, in DFS too. Like, I think he'll go out and, and play fine. But like you said, price point, man, like he's got a, he's, he's got a return of top five and who knows, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think JT, I don't care if he's chalk. You're right. There's a reason. There's a reason he, he plays. <laughs> you know what I mean? That That's it. The, uh, uh, all right. So the nine K range is, it's going to be interesting, right? Cause as far as like builds go, like are, are people going to try to grab two of these top five guys? Cause based off the last couple of years on, on who finishes in the top five, they're going to try to jam two ten get two ten K guys in and a nine K and then just go super stars and scrubs, right? Cause there's really no scrubs. It's only 42, 42 people. Um, or they're just going to skip this range altogether. Right. So based on like ownership, um, a the second most owned or projected owned Patrick Reed and then Webb, right? So those three guys are all on the top eight for projected ownership. So I'm thinking people are going to go one 10 K guy, one or two nine K guys, and then go. Right. I mean, that's just kind of what it looks like as far as ownership goes. Um, yeah. I, I probably agree. I mean, like there's a lot of good options in this range too. It really is. These are, these are five really strong play, you know, players right here. So it really comes down to how you want to build a roster, you know, how sensitive are the prices. So, I mean, my favorites are probably the chalky guys. I mean, you know, I love Patrick Reed this week. He's awesome. Kapalua, you know, his weakness is the fact that he's not a very accurate driver off the tee. 70 yard wide fairways. That's all that matter. problem right there. There's a lot of yeah. holes too, that are good for his draw as well. Like you can, you know, draw it down the, you know, the, the speed slopes, get a little extra distance there. Uh, you know, he's a great wedge player in his own right. I mean, I love him there. I mean, I, I love web. I always love web. Um, you know, I always come on this podcast and say he's longer than you think. Cause he actually <laughs> is. He's longer than you think. He's not the short and he used to be. Um, but I mean, he's going to have a short iron in his hand. He crushes turn tournaments where they're birdie fest crushes Bermuda grass golf courses. I mean, what's yeah. not to love there? Love him too. And then, I mean, I don't love that. Everybody's on Hideki. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Kills me. I, a, everyone loves him and he's turned to the guy that everybody wants to be the sleeper pick, but I know. Isn't really a sleeper pick anymore. There's a lot of narrative street with him. Um, it's, you know, between the quarter's history, you know, I think he hasn't finished outside the top four here since mm-hmm. he ever played. Well, the last time he was 2018, and he's not nearly the player he was since then. Uh, there's also the Tokyo Olympics narrative that apparently he's going to be super motivated or to play whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like the price point. I like the fact that he's a great iron player, he's a great wedge player. The putter makes me really nervous. So, um, but I, I'm fine. I'm, I'm finding it hard to get away from him. So, yeah, I mean, listen, everything you said is correct, right? Uh, I think Webb's my favorite out of here. Um, and, and the only thing that gives me pause with Patrick Reed is I think when they ran into the playoff last year, I think I heard the stat he had like he gained eight or nine strokes putting over the over the tournament. He did, but that was last year. And okay. it's not like he—it's not like he did that last week, right? Right. right. I'm just saying, yeah. like course history. I mean, gaining eight to nine strokes putting is a very difficult thing to do, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I totally understand that. I mean, but you can look back at when he won the tournament in 2017, and it definitely wasn't the case. I mean, he was a good okay. ball strike each week. Yeah, no, no, look, that's fine, right? But he's not the same player he was in 2017, just like a decky, right? I think he might be better. Oh, he's not better than he was in 2017. Come on. Patrick Reed won the masters in 2018. What are you talking about? Okay. So he was better in 2018 than he was in 2017. He's not better in 2021 than he was in 2018 or 2017. 
He won the WGC last year. That doesn't that doesn't count. Right. WGC. He, he's a good he's a good player, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a good player. I'm just playing play devil's advocate. Webb's my favorite. Listen, I'm fine with Patrick Reed. He's chalky as fuck too. Um, I love Hideki. I told, uh, like I said uh, on the last podcast, like. Uh, I, actually, I don't even know if I said it on the podcast. I think I might have told it to you off to the side before we started talking. Like, I, I might need an intervention by February with with him because I'm back on Hideki. But now, like everybody's on him again, and I'm like, I don't want to be on him when everybody else is on him. Like, I want people to fall off. But like with the bad season, well, not even bad season, but you know what I mean. Um, I think Cantlay is the the pivot in this area because of his price point. Like, listen, just for GPPs, right? I'm not saying I'm not. Uh, I don't. I don't want to play Cantlay. But if you're playing a GPP and you want to get some leverage on the field, if Cantlay can come out and do what it's a Ram and JT, um, a couple couple weeks before uh, the end of the season there, and just sneak up and steal one. I mean, you're gonna have some leverage just because where he's priced at. I mean, he's gonna get looked over. They people want to pay up an extra uh, a couple hundred bucks to get to the 10K range, or they can drop down uh, 200 bucks to get to Reed, or 400 dollars to get to Simpson, right? So he's just naturally gonna get looked over. Yeah, he's in kind of no man's land right there between yeah. you know Xander and Reed and Webb. And I mean, you know, I you're right. He is that pivot point. I don't love him this week, but can I see him, you know, doing well? I mean, he did well here last year. I mean, there's I'm not a big grass guy. And you know, one of my New Year's resolutions is actually I'm a, I'm a bit I'm a big grass guy. You are. <laughs> but in terms of golf, I mean I I I typically with someone just like, you know, I, I think the grass stuff is overblown. You know, I'm going to have a new year's resolution that okay. I need to at least consider it. All right. It, it, it's just, just like how I've kind of come around a little bit putting. Like I used to be the guys like it's only ball striking that matters. Putting doesn't matter. And right. I mean, putting makes up a 30 year total strokes. You okay. score on a, you know, on yeah, a when you say you used to be that guy. I mean, I mean, we're talking like two months ago, you were that guy. Well, it's a new year, buddy. <laughs> new year, new me. All right, I just want to make sure, baby. So, it's it, if you look at Cantlay, it is noticeable, and we're going to talk about another player where it's very noticeable that he struggles at Bermuda. This just isn't a good surface for him. So, if you yeah, want yeah. a reason why to get away from him, that's a reason. You know, Hoblin was a fade for me, but I, I, you know, even just over the last couple of hours, I've kind of come around to him. I mean, he's a good player. He played really well in the fall. He's a good iron player. There's no reason why he can't play well here. I think I was just too caught up in the, you know, with first timer, first timer, where his price was, is he a little overpriced? But you know what? I mean, if you're leaving money on the table anyways, it doesn't really matter. So you can spend that's up. True. A bit. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, if you want to tell me you're using any of these guys, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of nitpicking. I can't lay. I'm nitpicking Hovland. Yeah. You know, I, I love the other three. I'm, I'm fine with it. It's, it's, I, I you know, there's not many debates. I think to be had over 9,000. It's, it's, yeah. it's when we start getting below here, then, then we're going to start, you know, fighting a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So listen, before we start uh, arguing, uh, okay, I'll let you know, uh, we're brought to you by WinBet. Uh, WinBet's offered a $500 risk-free bet. Send in your first WinBet screenshot to podcast at sportsgablepodcast.com to get a free t-shirt, tons of boosted bets, including a wheel to spin to boost parlays, perfect for DGENs only. WinBet is currently online in New Jersey, Colorado, and Michigan, and is coming soon. And more, oh, Michigan is coming soon, <laughs> and more states are on the way. If WinBet isn't active in your state, you can still get a free shirt by referring a friend. Gamblingpodcast.com/win. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com/wynn. Yeah, man. I, 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 why can't every state just legalize fucking sports betting please? Like pot and sports betting. Do, do you want fucking tax revenue? Like what is wrong? What is, what is wrong with these 
dirt bags that we elect well, and they don't you know, do I mean, what the people want. Listen, COVID was bad for a lot of things, but I think that's going to push governments to actually legalize sports gambling because you're right. They are not getting a ton of sales tax revenue right now. No. And they Let's need go. money. Let's go. Like, dude, listen, the, the state I come from, fucking Massachusetts, like, they, they still haven't done it. Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Hampshire, fucking all around. All around is legalized. And Massachusetts like, no, we're good. We don't need it. Like, no, fuckers, you do need it. Legalize it. Let's go. Same thing with Florida. I got a buddy who runs a poker room down here, and they've been trying to get slots in this fucking place forever. And uh, and they're not doing it because uh, the, the the whatever the tribal uh, – Christ, I don't want to misspeak, right? Whatever the, 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 the tribal organizations that run the um, Indian casinos down here don't want to give the rights up to everybody else, so they got all the lobbyists going there, and it's just like a game of – fucking who pays who the most, like just legalize everything. Let everybody get fucking money. There's enough money to go around in sports betting for everybody. Let's go. Yeah. We, we have a similar problem here in New York with, you know, the, uh, the Indian reservation casinos and the horse tracks actually are, they have some pretty powerful lobbies. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, so we just it, lost, it, we just lost dog racing down here in Florida. It's gone. No more dog racing. I mean, I mean, that might be a good thing. Listen, I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, right? I'm just saying like, Hey, listen, we lost the, uh, we lost the dog racing. That's another revenue stream that the poker rooms were using, right? With Simon, with like live dog racing and simulcast, like at least give them the slots. Let's go. Let's get some more table games going too. Come on. Let's go. There you go. <laughs> That's sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. So now it's to the eight, uh, eight, to eight K range. So we got a shit ton of golfers down here. Um, there's a couple I really like. And there's really not too many. I don't like There's probably only like three. I don't like, so give me uh give me your favorites on this one. I mean, honestly, I like a lot of the guys, so I'm going to let you jump off here and then okay. I'm gonna, I'll fill in the, I'll, I'll fill in the gaps. All right. So I'm all over Maury Cower again. So, and so when I said like, I didn't care about driving accuracy, but I cared about one player with, with driving accuracy. I think Maury Cower can put the ball where the fuck he wants it coming off the tee and on some of these path fours, um, I really feel like he's going to have some really good scoring opportunities. Um, especially on these par fives, like he's sneaky long. He's not super long, but he's long enough. Um, and I think the break is good. He won his major kind of went through a little bit, got a little break. Like, I feel like, I feel like more, going to come back strong. I love him this week. Um, I really do. I, I wish I could figure out a way to get him more in more of my, uh, DFS builds. Um, and listen, uh, I like cam Smith. Um, I, I, I was riding him at the tail end of the, uh, second in the masters. Um, I know he's streaky, but I just, I don't know. I just can't get away from him. And look, if the wind is, if the wind is bad, I feel like he's a good, good wind player. Let's say he kicks up a little bit. Like I feel like he'll be able to get through and play, um, in DFS, not so much betting, um, maybe first round leader for him, but DFS, like I said, it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's a scoring and that guy can score, right? He's a guy who can put some birdies together. He can attack those path fives. Um, and then I love Sanjay. Let's go. Give me some Sanjay, man. The only thing that worries me about Sanjay is, is uh, he's bad on Bermuda. I believe uh, I could have that back. No, he's no, awesome. backwards. Is it backwards? Is he, is backwards he, is, okay. Awesome. It's backwards. Okay. So he's good on Bermuda. Um, I don't know. I, he can't be burnt out yet. It's the first tournament of the season. Right, like that's what I always worry about with Sanjay. I'm like, take a goddamn week off, man. <laughs> take a week off. Stop playing every tournament. Go get a massage, man. <laughs> Make sure your back's okay for the next tournament. <laughs> yeah. Also, congratulations to Sanjay. He's now out of the hotel room. He actually has an official house now. So does he really? Where's it at? Yes, I think he bought in Texas or something. Texas. Or, oh, but yeah, oh, I think, I think outside of Texas. Dallas. How come all the Korean awesome. golfers live in fucking Texas? 
I didn't know that was a hotbed for Korean golf. It is, dude. Like they, who's who's that? Who's the godfather of Korean golf? Um, KJ Choi. Yes. So he lives down there, um, and I guess they all. I guess they all go down there for him. I hear uh, that Kenny Kim talk about it on uh, the Fantasy Degenerates podcast. He says it's like that's where all the Koreans in golf move. I think it's because of KJ Choi. That's hilarious. Well, I hopefully believe- Song Jay doesn't hang around with Spieth too much down there. You know, no, no. Spieth, you stay away from him. You figure yourself out before you fucking ruin somebody else. The um. <laughs> But yeah, so those are the guys, those are the guys I like in this area. Those are my three favorite. All right, I mean, I I like Morikawa. Uh, I went back and forth in Cam Smith. I've settled on I like Cam Smith this week. All um, right, cool. I th- I think I'm just being I'm being done with it. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a good wedge player, good putter. That's you know he does run hot and cold, but you know what? I mean, that works in DFS sometimes. So yeah, absolutely there. And I love Sungjae this week. I think I think oh, like no. Morikawa. I think are we all this, are we on the same three? Well, no, I like I like a few more guys too. Okay. I mean, I, I, <laughs> So I got sucked back into my spreadsheet. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm in on Daniel Berger again. No, dude. No. I am. No, no. no. Listen, no. so I, I'm taking this position that what we saw in the term is not representative of the long-term form. And the long-term form of Berger is still really good. So we don't know what he did over the last four weeks. What I do know about him, he's a good wedge player, a good putter, does well in Bermuda. So if if I'm focusing more away from the stats and more just of who players are, you know, I think he could do pretty well here just because of the, those intangibles. Uh, I love Scotty Scheffler this week, just because I, I have high hopes this year. I think he can pour on a lot of birdies. I think he'd be right in the mix. I kind of got a little thing about Adam Scott too, kind of for the same reasons as burger, just because, you know, he wasn't really good in the fall, but I know he is as a player. He's a good iron player, good wedge player. You know, he's has a pretty good course history here too. So, you know, I think he's kind of sneaky at 8,100 there. So I would say he's sneaky, but I've heard lots of people talking about him and two things, right? So one, I agree with you on the four. I think we were talking about last time. I feel like last time he just kind of like dropped out of the sky and won like the Genesis or whatever the fuck it was, right? We hadn't played forever. He came in and won. Uh, the problem I have with this is the pictures I saw on Twitter with him changing his putter. And it's the, Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's doing the, uh, he's doing like the two arm grasp thing. No more tall putter, short putter. No, thank you. Fuck you. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, see, that's why you should be on social enough. media. <laughs> that's why I got you, buddy. That's right, pal. You, know, you tell me the important stuff that happens out there. That's right. I follow. Uh, all right, who looks sad with the wife in the picture? They're fighting. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not betting him this weekend. The. Uh, so, all right. So I. Just based on the putter you're on, Scott, and I liked his price point too because he's he is a guy who could typically come in and do it. But I swear to God, I saw that picture uh, and I was like, nope, 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 nope. I'll I'll pass. Like if he wins, so be it. <laughs> All right. So besides Adam Scott, who are you off in this range? Uh, so I'm off answer, um, even though he's usually my boy, um, and I'm off of Finau. I'm usually not off of Finau. But fucking everybody is on Finau right now. They're like, oh, this is going to be the tournament. He's going to win. Ha ha. Top five. Tony's finally going to win one. And he shouldn't even be here because he didn't win one. That's fucking narrative straight. I love, look, he's long off the tee. He's fine with his irons. He can't putt worth a shit. You know, I was off Finau. Who? Me. Oh, no, dude. We're, we're agreeing way too much in this podcast. All right. Well, you know what? I, I, so I was drinking the Kool-Aid with Finau hard until last night. And then I, I, and then I mean, because he checks all the boxes, great iron player, great oh, yeah. wedge player. He's a better putter than what you give him credit for too. No, Here's the problem. Terrible. Putter. And I may reference to this earlier when I talk about Patrick Cantlay. Uh, 
And I'm not, like I said, I'm starting to come around this whole thing where I actually have to care about what grass types the golf course are for these guys. Okay. So there actually might be something to Tony Fino where he doesn't do well in Bermuda. It's, it is a pattern going back all the way to 2017 now that he doesn't really have a good performance on a wall to wall Bermuda golf course. The last time he had a top 10 and I'm not talking about the tour championship, the stagger start, or even the hero world challenge. You know, he's got top tens there or whatever. Last time he got a top 10 at a wall to wall Bermuda grass golf course with like a real field. I mean, I know it's 41 players, but still right. Right. was the 2017 Valspar. It's a long time. That was a long time. There's a lot of thirtieths, fiftieths, <laughs> miscuts, cuts, a lot of crappy performances in that range. And like, you know what? Let's say he finishes the like 16th or 17th. That's not good for his price point. That's oh, not no. really what you're, that's not what you're buying for with Tony Fino with how much buzz he's getting this week. I know dude. So, so that's enough for me to get off him. So yeah. I I'm not on him. Um, I'm not on answer either. You know, I just, you're never on answer. <laughs> it's because I, I, I look at the, the he's ugly in the stat sheet. I know. He is. So, I mean, would I be, would I be surprised if he goes on as first round leader or something and just, you know, you know, Sp- shoves it to me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That can happen. But I mean, I'm just over the course of four rounds. I'm off him. You know, I'm off Neiman too. I think a lot of people are getting caught up with what he did last year. I, a lot of people are getting caught up with what he did in the fall, but you know, at the, the end of the day, he's not a good wedge player. He's not a good putter. And I, I don't know if what we saw in the fall, I, I'm worried that's not going to pick right back up. Yeah. So I'm not like a full fade on Neiman, but the same thing. Like I heard some people talking about him, and it's the same thing. Like he's not a good wedge player. I, Oh shit. Sorry. Excuse me. The, uh, I think, uh, I think that's the most, I really do. I think it's the most important thing. And he's not a good putter and I get the greens are fucking gigantic, but if it doesn't, I don't care how big they are. If you, you suck, you suck at putting. Like, I don't know. Like I, I his price point is going to make him popular too. Um, it, like trying to be cute. Like it, it, like don't want to go to cam Smith. Don't want Sanjay. Like here's where I'll pivot. Like I feel like he'll, I feel like it'd be higher on than, than he's projected to be right now. Yeah. I mean, he was hot in the fall too. And I think people are still remembering that. I'm just, I'm just worried. I'm worried between the popularity and I just, I don't know if what we saw was really real. I mean, like his, his putting numbers were Insane. better than what he had been posting his entire career <laughs> yeah. in the fall. Yeah. Listen, but guys can figure it out, right? So you got to give, you got to give some room for that, right? For room for growth, right? Like that's it. I mean, this guys are going to grow and get better at the game if they're, you know, if they're working at it, right? If they're putting in work and uh, and trying to get better at something that's better at their game, and they're and they're grinding and they're grinding and they're grinding, like you know, I mean, you can improve at stuff. I mean, look at like look at Webb, right? He 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 was working on his distance and look, he, he goes longer than he was what five years ago. You know what I mean? Like it, like it can't happen right now. Putting is a, is that fucking hottest thing to do. Um, it, like, oh God, putting, putting makes me insane. I can't imagine how angry it must make people who are good at it and just watch it just miss because you missed by an inch. Uh, <laughs> I watched one of my buddies. We went out and took the wives out uh, two weekends ago. Or three weekends ago, whatever the fuck it was, uh, went to the golf course, took the wives. This is a guy who finally just got him back in the golf. He's been golfing for like six weeks, right? So he's been going to the range like every day and like trying to work it out. And he, he like like broke a hundred when I wasn't there, being able to keep score. So I don't really know if it happened. Um, and so he built up this expectation in his head while we had wives with us that he was going to break a hundred that day. Now the wives are 
guzzling champagne and fucking just talking and everybody's backswing and he's losing his ever loving mind and he couldn't figure out how to putt. And I was like, dude, putting is just, it's just hard, bro. Like I have nothing else for you. Putting is hard. Like, yeah, I have no advice for it's you. A, it's, it's make it or miss it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. I was like, do like me. Just try to lag putt. Give yourself a, Hey, I'm good from there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Six feet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're good. You're good. I can kick it in from there. I'm fine. All right. So it, we get into some more interesting, uh, interesting plays down here. Right. So seven to eight K. All right. I went first in the eight K range. You go first in the seven K range. All right. I mean, this is where it kind of starts to get ugly a little bit. So oh, I'm right. Is, at the top. There's, I, a, there's some beauties in here, sir. There's some beauties. There are, there are a couple of, I mean, all right. So the first guy, Kevin Kisner beauty. I love this guy here. I mean, like, listen, not a short knocker, but great wedge player, great putter. He's actually has a decent history at this golf course too. When he's played it, he's really grand Bermuda golf courses. I mean, I, I like his price point, 7,800 bucks. I'll take him there. Um, I mean, Sebastian Munoz is really, really popular, but I just, I can't get away from him just as far as, you know, who he is as a player is good wedge player, you know, good driver of the golf course. The putting's a little concerning, but you know, he's had some success for me, the golf course. I'll take him here. And Brendan Todd is a guy who a lot of people hate. I don't really get it. So he's a good. His player. name is Brendan Todd. No, I, I think, I think people are thinking that he's still injured for, and I think they're a little bitter for him, but you know, he was good at Mayakoba. He's a good wedge player, really good putter. I mean, he's gotta be over the toe injury by now. So <laughs> I feel like I mean, you said that the last time you tried to talk me into fucking Brendan Todd. Yeah. And he finished T eight. Did that happen? Yeah, it did. We've, we've, we've established my memory is trash, so I'll trust you on that. Yeah, he was TA to Maya Coburn when you trashed me and made fun of me for that pick. Damn so it. L- listen, like, I mean, he the where Brendan Todd usually, I, I guess the narrative might be, is that Todd is hits a lot of fairways and that's usually where his advantage and everyone's hitting fairways, so that's taken away. But he's still a really good wedge player, still a really good putter. So I I don't see, I don't see the hate on him. Other than maybe people are still jilted from last fall. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, you know how gamblers are, right? Gamblers, DFS players that burn you one week. And like, you can have some real discipline to go back to somebody who burns you and then go back the next week. Right. I mean, look at our buddy, Tommy week after week, two years in a row, Jordan Spieth every week. Uh, I mean, that guy, he needs the Millie maker to pay Spieth off at this point. The, <laughs> the, um, all right. So those are your, those are your guys. Those are my three. Who are your three? All right, so I love kids. I feel like this is, I told you, I like I, my opinion of kids has been shaped from stuff that I've listened to. Uh, he's been on a couple pods and that dude to me is just a money hungry hustler. Right. And this is a free paycheck for him. Like go out, like get a nice finish. And I don't need him to win at his price, but he, he definitely wants to be a top 10. And I think the, I think he could do it. I think he's a good golfer and uh, he's and his wedges are good. He pots well, like whatever he's fine. Love kids. I love Munoz because he's been my boy. He, he, I rode with him, but here's somebody who you're going to hate. Who do you think it is? It's camp champ. Oh no. I know you're going to hate camp champ. I love camp okay. champ, but, but it's Leishman. It's Leishman. You're falling into that trap. Aren't you? <laughs> I am. But that's why I was, right. 
but no, right. so here's the it, deal. It, I was playing or something because I I've heard Leishman's name bouncing around. I know, bit, and so. that's why I was pissed, right? So I was like, I I built my lineup like as soon as it came out, and I didn't listen to anything until like late this afternoon. I talked to you early today. I was on fucking conference calls all goddamn day, right? So like I was literally like two times xing stuff at like five thirty, right? Just to hear what other people were saying, um, and I heard Leishman a bunch, and that made me very upset because I was like, look, man, like he clearly found himself at the Masters, right? Tough undulating greens, right? Kind of the same thing here. Um, Australian swing, a little bit of wind. Maybe he got to go back to his coach. I don't know. He's got a really good history here. And I felt like he was going to be a sleeper and like, he'd be like, you know, seven ish percent owned because it's only 42 man field. He's at like four, what did I have Matt? Uh, 14, I think, or 11. And it's like, <sighs> I don't love him as much now, but I loved him this morning. <laughs> I was like in love this morning. I was like, Ooh, I'm going to be so sneaky. I was very proud of myself. And then I listened to people and I was like, why the fuck are other people on them? I'm like, Oh, cause they have the same mindset. I'm still going. Well, play. well, where your memory is lacking, my memory is not lacking. And you made the exact argument I made on the week of the Mayakoba. And now what happened at the Mayakoba? What happened? To, what happened the very next tournament he played? He, uh, he blew up. He was dog shit. He blew up. Yes, he blew yeah. up. And I don't, I don't, I tried to curse on this, on this podcast. He was dog shit. Yeah, that week. So, bad. and listen, like, could he have gotten with this coach? Sure. I'm pretty sure they're still not allowing travel between Australia and here because we're the biggest leper colony in the world. So I don't think he's been with his coach, which is ironic because that's what Australia was. I, Australia was a British prison colony for the Irish. So the Irish, uh, the Australians are just Irishmen. They don't know it. They were just a bunch of Irish prisoners. So. So listen, look, if you want to put your money on Leishman, go right ahead this week. He I put to- my money on way worse people. Okay, sir. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I'm talking to everybody else. Not, not just you on everybody else. If you want to put your money on Leishman this week, go for it. And I will happily be wrong because I love Mark Leishman. You know, he was really great for me at Torrey Pines last year. He needs to earn my trust again. Yeah. And one little tournament in the masters, I, I need to see a little bit more consistency and maybe, you know what? Maybe he did figure it out, but until then I got to see it first. I guess my thing is, is like a guy with his like pedigree and his talent, right? Like at this price point, like if he did figure it out the masters and let's say he shows up well here, his price point next week is going to be way more expensive. And then I'll be off of him, And I feel like I'm getting a value here. Right. And look, like I have no fucking idea. Right. Like I have no idea. Right. Let me ask you a question. How old do you think Mark Leishman is? Oh Christ. Uh, 32 He's 37. Oh shit. He's fucking my age. <laughs> so I know we kept saying, yeah, a guy of his talent. He could just not have it anymore. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, that that's very possible. I mean, listen, like we see guys, once they start hitting the upper thirties, me, it sometimes it just goes away. Yeah. So that could be a very real possibility. I mean, listen, I hope he comes back. I think he's a good player. Like, you know, his, his caddy's a really good personality too. Like he goes on some podcasts sometimes. He oh, yeah. seems a really cool dude, but yeah. I, I, I need to see it first. That, right. that, that's, that seems, that seems a little cute. Hey, Steve, you know, I'm a degenerate, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Okay. All right. So that's all. It's that's very all. apparent. It's very apparent. That's correct. The, um, so that's my play. All right. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going with. And now because of this, I'm going to dig my heels in and lose all my fucking money. Um, 
<laughs> the, um, all right. So who do you not like in this range? I mean, besides Leishman. <laughs> besides Leishman, yes. Besides fucking Leishman. Uh, I mean, I, I think I'm fading the two popular guys. I'm going to fade Kokrak and Palmer. I mean, listen, we kind of saw it a little bit with Kokrak in the fall after he won the CJ Cup that he kind of reverted back to who he was. Just a guy that can put up really ugly putting numbers, you know, can get a little loosey goosey with the ball striking too. And I, I just. He's so insanely popular. Like he is the guy with him and Lanto that are the first ones to get mentioned when they start getting down to like the low 7,000, like, like the, like the basement hunting. Yeah. It's, 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 it's Griffin. It's Kokrak and it's fucking Palmer, but I like Palmer. I like Palmer. All right. I mean, so let's nitpick. I mean, if we're going to do this, let nitpick Palmer. So he's not that great of a wedge player. He actually has a pretty bad course history here. Now, part of the bad course history is that, he, he he had one bad. Tr- he's lost 0. 0.8 strokes per round uh, at Kapalua. Right. Where did he come in last year? I think it was like 15th or so. So okay. that, that's that's For a little. De- it's it's a little deceiving that one. Of, yeah, but one he was like he was like he was like 11th to 12th in scoring and DK scoring. I'm not fucking betting Ryan Palmer to win the goddamn tournament. I'm talking I about mean, putting that's, a 7K player into my DK lineup. Listen, I, <laughs> all right. Are we going to have this conversation? All right, come on. This is like people want to make the comparison of like finishing on the leaderboard and like, oh, it was like DK points. That's like trying to say like, oh, he putted great last week. He's going to putt great this week. Birdies are kind of incidental guys. <laughs> All right. Like you just have to be like, th- there's a reason why the strokes gain stats exist. It's because it puts you to opportunities to get birdies. Right. doesn't mean you're going to make them. Right. So listen, he, just because he finished 11th, the DraftKings point doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Now, right. I think the fairer point is that his bad quote unquote course history came when he finished like dead last, like one year other than that, he's been kind of fine. Right. But I'm just saying, if you want to nitpick the guy, you know, he's not a great wedge player and he hasn't had too much success success here. He's a Texas boy. It's windy. Look, man, it doesn't take much. Hey bro. You know that. Come on. All right. So, uh, uh, all right. So you're fading them. (sighs) Shit. I got to fade old man, Sergio. I just don't think he gives a shit at this point. I just don't. He's not on my radar this week. Yeah, he's not. Like, I don't even think that counts as a fade. Is anyone playing Sergio? I don't think so, which is just probably, it's probably, 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 probably should send up some red flags, right? Um, but yeah, I'm I mean, you- one more guy. I mean, it's, I don't hate him as much, but a lot of people are fading Billy Horsell this week. Uh, I think they're just looking at the bad ball striking numbers from, you know, last fall. And I, I think do, that's what's really driving. Why it. do you like Billy Ho? I'm not saying I like him. I think the hate is a little too far on him. I mean, again, he's a decent wedge player, a good putter. It could happen here. There's but five, there's 5,000 people who hate Billy Ho and they're all DFS players. That's it. Nobody else gives a fuck who Billy Ho is. Okay. But I mean, this, that's, our, that's our, that's our target audience. And uh, yeah, you're right. You're there's right. a lot of hate on Billy Horschel this week. Is there really that much hate on him? I like, I don't know how yeah. you can hate a guy who's everything like I've that. listened and read is like, no Billy Horschel. I mean, how could you hate somebody? He's $7,600. Like you just skip him. You don't have to hate him. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of money last fall. He was really yeah. bad. Yeah. And I mean, he that's lost why you should have played him. Did we tout him once? Do we, do we tight him once? Did we tout him once? Yeah, we did. We tout him at the window and he lost his money there. We, we were both on him at 40 to one. Oh, so we yeah. should hate it. Yeah, that's fine. Listen, I'm a, I'm a forgiving guy. Yeah, me too. I was brought up a Jesuit Catholic. So turn the other cheek. The um, I'm with you on Kokrak, and I love Kokrak. Um, I don't trust him at all. 
<laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta see it with Kokrak again. I gotta make sure he's still coming out in good form. And he wasn't off for the last month partying in Vegas at a sponsor event, doing a bunch of blow, hanging out with fucking strippers. Um, yeah. So I'm with you on Kokrak Garcia. I'm fading him. What about Carlos Ortiz? You know, I thought about it, but there's kind of a disturbing trend for him. So two years in a row, he did well at the Houston open and the Mayakoba, and then he just bombed like when he came right out. So, I mean, that's a stupid reason to fade him, but I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of got to see if he's legit or not. Um, okay. You know, his short-term stats are really good in the fall. The long-term doesn't look so hot. So right. uh, well, I'll, 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 I'll be a little patient with him. All right, so you'll be, you'll be patient with him. All right, all right. So before we go dumpster diving in the uh, in the six K range and move into the betting cut, um, we're brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what DJs only care about, sports betting. The best part is you'll be able to get free video picks from the SGPN crew. Make sure to subscribe to the SGPN page, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. So you don't miss any of our videos. If you're subscribed, you'll get a notification for every time a new SGPN video is posted. Uh, my beautiful face will be doing one on Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to try to do it in like the afternoon. So you guys get whatever numbers are out and uh, we'll, uh, we'll throw a couple picks up. It's usually like a minute, minute and a half video. Um, we'll throw a couple outrights out and uh, we'll throw some head to heads and maybe some top twenties out as fast as I can throw them out. And I talk fast so I can throw a bunch out. Um, so go to sports slash BTV to subscribe to better than Vegas page today. That's sports slash B T V. All right. Sweet, man. All right, dumpster diving time. There's no fades. There's no fades in this area unless you just want to fade the chalk and, and you fade Griffin. And that's pretty much it. Griffin's pretty much the chalk down here. Yeah, I mean, I've heard some buzz on Martin Lair too. And I kind of like. I, I know. I, I, Party I Marty, like, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I, I still like Lanto just because, you know, just who he is as a player. So right. I, and, I don't know. He's probably going to end up, especially in he'll end up, he'll end up being a couple of lineups of mine. You know, same thing with Martin Laird, you know, it's putting's very hit or miss, but he was so good with the ball strike in the fall. He actually has pretty good courses here. He's a good wedge player. He kind of checks a lot of boxes. So we're getting down this low. I mean, I'm looking for anything right now. He checks yeah. boxes for me. Um, Kevin Nas is not getting a whole lot of buzz. I like him this week just because of who he is. He's a good, pu- good putter, good wedge player. I mean, again, he's kind of like a little bit of Ryan Palmer. Like he doesn't have to get course history, but one of the reasons why is just because he had a really terrible tournament one time. He's kind of kind of okay. You know, the hard times he's only 6,700 bucks. I like him. And then you really, really, really want to go dumpster diving. Come on, let's go. Take me to the bottom, baby. R- Richie Warinsky, we are going all the way to the bottom. Six thousand bucks on him. So the ball striking is God. brutal, but he's a good wedge player and a decent putter. And at that price, if he just does anything, anything of worth, he's going to pay back that price. So at least he's got that going for him. Um, you know, I mean, he's kind of on my radar because he's going to appear in a matchup prop later on. But if you're really like just at wit's end with, and it can only have basically you only have 60, 6,000 or 6,100 bucks. I mean, yeah, you can do worse. You know, you can do worse, I guess in theory. Uh, look, I'm with you. Uh, look, I, I'm with you on Lanto because like you said, uh, in DK scoring, that's a guy who can score. I, I don't give a shit what he does. Like he can score. He can string a couple birdies together. Give me that streak and get a couple of Eagles. What, what do you think about Mackenzie Hughes? Long putts. I mean, 
So right. yeah, he makes a lot of long putts, but he's not as good of a wedge player as you would get. You might think really. So, and that's the reason why that putting number is so huge because he's a terrible wedge putter or wedge player. And then he just sinks the long putt. So, yeah. Um, I mean, he only played it once. He didn't do so hot, but that was back in like 2017. He's a different player now. So I kind of thought about him, but it just, I could also see that go kind of poorly. Yeah, I can too. I, I'd much, I'd much rather play nah for a hundred dollars less. I was just curious on your, yeah, on your, I mean, on your Kev, thoughts, ideas. Kevin Na's a better player, McKenzie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's definitely a better player. Um, he's just old. Um, but like, I like Party Marty, man. Kevin Na is definitely old. What do you give me that look for? The uh, but I like Party Marty. Um, once again, plays good in the wind. Right. And he looked good in the fall, man. He beat a uh, fucking goddamn. He crushed us on that Matt Wolf bat. Yes, he did. <laughs> that motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I'm fine. I guess I do. Let's Christ, man. I mean, I guess, I guess we're at six K. I mean, I, I would say find that extra hundo and please get Brian gay. <laughs> oh, come on. Are we going to have another side bet between those two? Oh my God. The pillow fight of the fucking century. Yeah. Uh, right. not- Spo- spoiler alert for later. We'll, we'll, why don't we put a, a bookmark into that debate and, you know, move on. All right. We'll just, we'll just move on from there. All right. So, um, all right. I guess talk to me a little bit about, uh, your big shot. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go refill the drink. You talk about the big shot. I will be back and, uh, in 15 seconds. All right. So I was going to go Bryson, but I've laid enough hate on him. And he, honestly, I have been, my tracker of fading Bryson being on Bryson has been so wrong for the last four or five months. So you know what? I'm just not even going to touch it. I don't like him this week, but he's not my big short. My big short is it's going to be Tony Fino. And it's for the reasons just it's solely because I just don't see good success on Bermuda grass golf courses for him. Like I said, the last time he had a top 10, that wasn't a gimmick event or an 18 you know person field. It was a 2017 Valspar. And at some point, th- there's got to be something to it. Like, I don't know if it's the greens, maybe just, you know, the way the ball sits on the fairway or in the rough there. I don't know. But something bothers him with that, you know, with Bermuda grass golf courses. So even though he's, he checks all the boxes for me, it's kind of scary for me to go with this. But I don't think he finishes out inside the top 15 this week. And that's not a very good result as $8,900 price point, especially with all the expectations he has this week. So, you know, Tony Fino is. I just, I, I, you know, coming down the pipe, you know, it's kind of going to turn to Tony Finau season. He's got, you know, these all overseas Bermuda grass golf courses come down the pipe, but for this week I'm laying off him, and I don't think he's going to be helpful to you. So you, you went Finau, huh? I did. Nice. I like it. Look at you all grown up. I feel, I, I feel proud. I, 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 I go to bat for this guy. Uh, I know this, this, this is a big step for me. It is a big step. I like it. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I like it a lot, actually. All right, so um, yeah, so big short man. That's uh, that's crazy, and he is catching so much fucking steam this week too. It's insane. Well, you you want to know another thing too, and I, I said that I wouldn't uh, promote anybody's else's podcast, but uh, this is the the biggest one of all. No laying up does their uh, their pick show on YouTube, and uh, I think three of the four guys picked Tony Fina to win this week. So that oh, might be shit, all for real. That, that might be all you need to know. Oh my lord! That's like when yeah. uh, it's like the NBC Sunday Night game where it's all one team and you can't scramble fast enough to fucking go take the points with whoever the underdog. It's like oh shit, let me get them down on that. Um, so typically, this is where we'd give uh, a, a a certain company's lineup, but uh, they're not a sponsor for anymore for right now, I guess. 
So I guess we're just going to skip over the segment. Cause I just thought about it for the ad reads and I was like, hold on. Yep. They're not there anymore. So Nope. <laughs> Sorry. Right. We'll, no uh, we'll provide a, you know, if you want to see channel. this certain companies, this certain companies uh, are props for that. Go to this sgp.com slash slack and we yeah. will happily give it for you. Oh yeah. We absolutely will. Cause I, I want to drop it on there. Uh, Cause this, this is free money being given away. Cause they give soft lines over there. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they're off right now, but I was getting ready to be like, Oh, well let me go ahead and read that ad. Oh wait, they're not there. So I'm not talking about the fucking company then. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's get into betting baby. All right. Let's uh, let's, where do we want to stop? Where you want, where you want to go first? I want to make moon off listen to the end of the segment. So fucking we're first gonna round. Wait. Right. I'm going to make him wait. First round lead is going right. to be the last goddamn thing we give out. Um, <laughs> so let's go. Um, let's go matchups. Let's go matchups first. All right. You want me to go first? You want to go first? Uh, I'll go first. I'll okay. go first. All right. So I like web. Over Cantley. That's only uh, 115, minus 115. Okay. Not bad. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, and then I got Leishman <laughs> over Billy Ho. <laughs> I mean, that that is a lot of juice. <laughs> yeah, it's plus that 160. That, yeah, that, that you had to lay on Billy Horschel there. <laughs> no, no, I'm taking Leishman. Plus one. No, plus I know. That's I, that's I looked at that line. I'm like, that's crazy. I'm like, oh, man, do I... I don't know if I can do. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> see, so man, that, that, that the line, back of your mind says crazy. don't bet against Leishman. That's what it's telling you, sir. Um, and then I got Champ over Answer at plus one ten, um, and uh, Maury over Hovland at plus one fifteen. Okay. All right. So I also went a web route, but I didn't go Cantley. I went Web plus one fifteen over Bryson just because I just I. I I look at these two guys and they're both going to have short irons in their hands for a lot of these pro shots and Webb's just the more superior player in that respect. And they're both good putters. So I'm going to take Webb as the underdog there. Um, I like that the a lot. Fading, that's, that's a good bet. I like that. Yeah. Uh, continuing my theme of fading Finau, uh, you can get Hideki minus 125 or Finau. You actually get Colin Morikawa at even odds over Finau. So I like that too. Um, I mean, I have another Morikawa bet. I'm with you on Hoblin. I'm not going to go the full, you know, beat him out right. I got plus one and a half strokes at minus 120 just because I I do like Hoblin this week. The fact that I'm getting one and a half strokes on with Morikawa though, and I'm really high on him, I like that bet. Yeah. And then going back. To Richie Wierenski. He is minus 30 over Brian Gay. And oh, get I the fuck out of it. <laughs> love that matchup this week. That's so funny. All right. So, all right. I guess you said put a bookmark in it. I really don't want to bet Brian Gay, though. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. Let's. I mean, how, how many of these charity bets have you lost to me? I think you're over four. Fucking, I was going to say over three, but if you say over four, once again, my. I think my you're over four. Listen, I, you know what I, you know what I, you know what I started doing after the podcast last week and just started leans and stuff. And I was like, I have a whole notebook and I'm writing down everything we say so we can go back. And I don't sound like a goddamn fucking Alzheimer patient. Next time we talk about what happened fucking last so, year. So you're like the guy from a menu then are you gonna start tattooing yourself? You know, listen, I, I got some tests, not that many. I'm not going to tap my face up or my arms. Cause I, I have to work for a living PSA to all you millennials listening. Don't tattoo your neck. You're never going to get a goddamn job. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, no momento stuff. That's a really good movie though. Um, mm-hmm. the second time, 
the second time through when you can figure out what the hell just happened. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I guess uh, I don't want to go to outrights yet. Uh, oh, I, actually, before we even get to that, we should have done this before we did that. So better edge, better edge is the stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part, it allows you to bet with no vig. Uh, since you're buying positions from other sports betters, there is no house. You can play for money in 40 states. Plus, we got a weekly contest going with them from our listeners. Uh, this week, it's the SGP wildcard wager. $10 to enter, and each user will stat with a balance of $1,000 to wager and on multiple events. The play with the highest earnings will take the entire pool of entry fees. Sign up today at Better Edge. And use promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's better, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, promo code SGP. All right, cool. I might have to go check right. that out. Well, we do some uh, positional uh, bets right now. You got top five, top 10. There's some top 20s flowing out there, too, if you can find them. But uh, yeah, I got to find them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, got, I got a couple of if, if you use a book that uh, that offers them. <laughs> That's right. Um, all about all about no free promo <laughs> this week on the Golf Gamble Podcast. All right. You got any, you got any top you got any top five bets you like? Yeah, I like Webb at uh, plus three uh, three thirty five and Hideki at plus three fifty. Okay. Yeah, Webb I like at plus thirty five. Uh, you know, I I think the the six paying six to one on JT to win is just I I can't do it. But if you want a kind of palatable alternative, you can get plus one forty at top five. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's so solid. Like it's. That, that's kind of like putting your money in like a, you know, like a mutual fund there and you know, <laughs> yeah. slow return. So I, 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 I like I like that bet. And, you know, even if like, you know, some of my outrates don't cash, like if you bet enough on the JT, you know, you at least get a little bit back there. So I, I'm going to do a top five on him. All right. So from now on, we're going to call a JT top five in like these meaningless tournaments, like the PIMCO income fund, right? Like 5% every year. Doesn't matter. Slow, steady, guaranteed money. Not exciting, but money's money. So PIMCO income fund. Uh, (laughs) All right. So, uh, all right. So what do you got for uh, top tens? All right. I mean, so, so top time, I'm going to start right at the bat. You know, Hideki Natsuyama top 10 plus 125, just because, I mean, I'm not as high on the market on him, but I see enough good things with his game and who he is as a player in the course history too, in order to want to get at least some sort of action him other than the matchups. But, you know, as far as his positional props, I'm probably only going to get to a plus, you know, top 10 on plus 125 in him. I love Scotty Shuffler. I think he could be someone that really busts out in this tournament. So you get him a top 10 and plus 250. Sung Jay, I think is going to come roaring back. I think the break did well for me. He's plus 275 for a top 10. And I got a funny feeling about Adam Scott and it's three to one. So I, I, I think I'm going to take a little taste of that too. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Um, so I'm with you on some Jay, um, and I also got Griffin <laughs> plus five fifty because I saw that and I was like, he gets he's just gonna beat thirty two guys, thirty two guys in this field. Well, I feel like he could do it too. He's, he's performed at that at this level. I mean, there's like twenty really good players in this field. Yeah, I know, but listen. It's plus five fifty, bro. We're here to gamble, okay? Um, I, and so to counteract that, Maury at plus one fifty. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Right. So uh, I'm with you on. I'm with you on M. Um, I love Kizit, uh plus two seventy five as well. 
Okay. I, I mean, like if, if you can find some top 20 bets, I mean, most of them are, are minus odds. There's a couple, you know, plus odds that kind of pique my interest. You know, Kevin Nods plus 120 for a top 20. I uh, like that. You know, Sebastian Munoz is actually plus 150 this mm-hmm. week. I think that's a good bet. And then Martin Laird's plus 250. Um, I mean, he kind of checks a lot of boxes for me. I like getting over two to one. Just he's got to beat half the field. I, half I the field. I'm with, I'm with you on Party Marty. Um, I didn't look at any other top 20s, but. Uh, yeah. Party Marty sounds good. <laughs> I'm always in for party Marty. Um, all right. So I guess we'll do the uh, first round leaders and then we'll end with the outrights. Right. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll go with that. So um, like Cam Smith at 30 to one. I like uh, Laird at 75 to one, just cause it's supposed to be windy ish on Thursday, whatever um, kids 45 to one. And then um I say nah because this putter can get hot, but I really need to kind of dig down on this first round leader stuff because I I know you you sent something my way as far as like what the winning scores were and they were all like minus seven, minus six, and things like that. It's just hard for me to picture Kevin not getting to that unless he just does that ridiculous run that he did that one time with the putting. Well, I mean, the reason why I said that wasn't necessarily what the scores were; it's just who is the first. Yeah. So like, so the last five years, it's Joaquin Neiman uh, last year, Kevin Tway. The year before that, Mark Leishman, the year before that, Jimmy Walker before that, and then Patrick Reed. I mean, like, you know, Jimmy I mean, no Pat, yeah, I mean, like, these aren't like the super stud guys, like, they're again, there. I mean, like, it, 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 the course yields a lot of birdies. I mean, a guy like a journeyman like Kevin Twain is falling off the goddamn map now. I mean, he yeah. was first on leader once. Where is that guy? I mean, I think he's barely holding on to a tour card. I think he still has. I don't know if he still has past winter status just because I think the Safeway was a couple of years ago. So that might have expired. So, uh, but I mean, no one lost their car because of COVID. So right. he has a stay of execution from the governor. So, <laughs> so I mean, like so, uh, the, the theme for my first round leader bets are kind of like those guys in those types of molds. Like, I mean, they're not, they're good, solid players like right. in today's range. But like, I think if we look like five years from now, like they're like, oh, you know, that, that guy, guy? yeah, that guy. Right. So, yeah, I mean, Daniel Berger, 25 to one, just because a good wedge player, good putter, he can get hot. I, I like him. I mean, Sky Shepard, I think is elite, but I like the price of 30 to one. And I've seen him get molten hot, you know, before on a round. So I think you do it. You know, Cam Smith, I'm with you on that 30 to one. Kevin Kisner, 45 to one with you. I mean, Kevin not is that kind of type of journeyman that can, you know, get all of a sudden put it down hot. a low number and it's a good price. 55 to one. And then Sebastian Munoz, just cause that's just a good, a gut call of 75 to one there. So those, I'm with those you are my Munez, guys, 75 to one. So I feel like the first round leader with a, with a shortened field like this with like 42, like typically we look for like the, the guy who's going to try to come out and attack the course to make sure he can play the four rounds, right? Like the guy who knows he's going to go out and play lights out, who has the better tee time, right? The better, uh, you know, the, the, the better starting side of, of the course. And with this, it's like, there's nobody really going to be out there trying to do that. So it's, 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 I feel like it's as stupid as it sounds. I feel like it's more difficult to pick on a first round leader on something like this than it is on uh, almost a bigger tournament. Well, I mean, I think you can kind of look at it this way too. I mean, like the lead, the big studs know that they're there for four days right? and low scores are out there. So, I mean, maybe that takes the edge off them a little bit too. And then some of these guys, like, I mean, they're kind of German and they, they're like, all right, we're ready to go. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that then they're going to kind of go both ways. So, okay. uh, I mean, th- those are the guys that, that piqued my interest looking at first round leader. All right. Word. All right. So outright, who we got? 
All right. I mean, I, there's not a whole lot of value this week no. just because let's, let's be real. Probably someone under 25 to one's going to win. I mean, a oh, stud totally. usually takes this down. I mean, unless you're Jonathan bird way back in the day at like a hundred to one and wins, you know, unexpectedly, like most guys are household names who win this. So I, I can't bring myself to bet someone under 10 to one, just in the stronger field, but nope. You know, so I'm only on three guys this week. I got Patrick Reed at 14 to one, Webb at 16 to one, and Morikawa at 22 to one. Those prices have come down a little bit since yesterday. I think Reed was like 16 to one, Webb is 18 to one as of yesterday. Morikawa was 20. Morikawa was 25 to one. Those have come down a little bit, but yep. just with Reed and Wet Simpson, um, they just check all the boxes for me. I've a few as you know a ton of praise on them already. Mm-hmm. And then Morikawa, like, listen, I am a little worried about the putter, but. He's twenty five to one. I know his upside. I know his ceiling, and yeah. we don't truly Dude know. Just want a major. Yeah, we don't. We don't truly know what his game is right now. And I, I'm I'm looking at just as that price and the potential, and I, I want a piece of that. So those are my three outrages for this week. All right. So I actually got four. I got Webb as well. Decky sixteen to one. Uh, I'm with you on Maury. Uh, I'm really high on him this week. And then I wanted to go one outside of thirty to one, so I took Sanjay. Sanjay at 33. Okay. I actually uh, like, I, I like that a lot. Actually. Yeah. It's so, uh, so a little bit on a little bit on him and yeah, man, I mean, that's it. Um, I'm pretty sure we covered the nuts and bolts of everything. We broke this fucking thing up into two podcasts and we're still over two hours of content. We just can't help ourselves. Yeah. Everything for you guys, buddy. That's right, man. Yeah. Well, listen, I love fucking talking golf. I love betting golf. Listen, golf is the best sport to fucking bet. If you like to bet, like golf, you can do it so many different ways. It, it's it, listen, the NFL is going to be over soon. Like come to this side. I'm telling you right now, listen, I, I was always an NFL guy until I started picking this shit up and I dove head for first. And uh, I, I've been in love ever since, man. It's like getting your first piece of pussy. Like, good God. Like I love it. The DFS is great. There's so many opportunities to make money. Um, there's edges to have. It's great to watch. And, uh, I just, I just love it. I'm fucking so excited. It's back. Bro. You know why it's great too. It literally never ends. There is <laughs> never an off week. That's right. That's right. It just goes on and on and on when they're done with the tour championship. Guess what? They start right back again. You can gamble your money, right? You know, right the next week. That's right. All right. Well, listen, man, first one of the season, you know, well, hopefully we give you guys some winners. Hope we can get you guys some, uh, some good DFS lineups. You guys got any questions, hit up us up in the slack. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Boston underscore capper. You can come to slack to talk to Steve cause he doesn't do the social media and uh, yeah, let's go, man. Fucking green screens. First event of the year. Let's go. 2021.
It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter, and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.